1: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost to the Charlotte Hornets by a score of 114 to 104. First off, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a real one, like really, really real one. And I just want to thank you out top because after uh, a loss like that, um, you know, I, I can. I have to say, I really respect people for looking for more post-game content on a game like this. So I really do appreciate it, and I mean that sincerely. Um, because the Raptors just showed no fight in this game. And that's rare. Raptors, you know, always fight, and and they try to put together some kind of effort, try to salvage games, they don't let games go. And you might say, well, come on, they only ended as a 10-point loss, what's, what's the point? No, no, no. Here's the thing. At the eight fourteen mark of the first quarter... Um, the Hornets scored, and let me just get this exactly correct, because I don't want to over-exaggerate. Um, that happens a lot after losses, but LaMelo Ball, at the eight seventeen mark, made a 3 off a pass from Gordon Hayward. That made it 14-12, to and the Raptors called timeout. From that point, until the rest of the entire game, the Raptors trailed by 10 points or more. So... Just take that in, outside of 3 minutes and (laughs) 43 seconds to start the actual game itself. When the game starts at 0-0, the Raptors trailed by double digits or more, often by 20 points or more. Now, I don't know if the lead ever got to 30. Quite honestly, there were times where I fast-forwarded a little bit, uh, and I usually don't do that. But it's it's kind of an unwatchable game, and I think it was unwatchable from the start. You kind of have a good idea of whether the game's worth it or not, just based on how it starts. And you, you can usually tell, are the Raptors ready to guard tonight? And the answer tonight was unequivocally, no, we are not going to play defense at all. Because the Hornets, in the first quarter, scored 44 points, including making 11 threes. And you might say, well, come on, team made 11 threes, that's just an outlier. Like, come on, it happens. You know, the modern NBA, the Hornets are on a roll recently. Um, they got some nice players. Uh, you know, okay, you know, it happens. No, 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 listen. It's one thing to have a team make eleven threes on you, right? Like, you know, um... Like, I, I obviously, like, once a year, I basically watch the Clay Thompson 37-point quarter because I'm a huge basketball fan and it always gets recommended to me on YouTube for some reason, but I don't pass up on it because it's an amazing performance, right? He's, I mean, it's a man scoring 37 points in a quarter on the Kings. Um and even a performance like that what made that really impressive was that um guys were really playing hard defense on clay and he was just making ridiculous shots and that added to the spectacle of it right it's really amazing when guys are all up in your face and he's still scoring and this was not that um this was just the raptors being completely discombobulated defensively and i mean this For everybody, as a group, as a team, the starting five did not work tonight. Absolutely did not work. You could argue the starting five didn't work last night either, or the last game they played against the the Hawks, because it didn't really look good that game either. But tonight, the starting five was ugly. And a lot of these guys were making mistakes. These guys weren't communicating. They weren't getting back in transition. And in the half court, guys were doubling, leaving shooters open. No one knew who their assignments were. It was bad. Um, And the eleven threes. I mean, how many of those were contested? Go back and watch the film of this game. It was just wide open three, one after the other. Guys just not picking up their assignments. Bare minimum of just like, yo, no, who are you guarding? And guard that guy, right? You know that Tony Snell game winner against the Hawks? That was like the entire first quarter for the Hornets tonight. It was bad, and it really continued. I mean, at one point, the Hornets were like not really scoring, and it was like, oh, the Raptors are making a fake comeback in the second quarter. First off, you're making a fake comeback in the second quarter? That's when you know you're really down bad. <laughs> That's when you know. Because even at that second quarter, second you're like, oh, the Raptors are cutting it to like 15, 12. You know, like maybe they're going to do something. No, they were never going to do something. Because I know for a fact that even if the Raptors came back and retook the lead, let's say miraculously, how the hell were they going to hold on to the lead? Because the guys were just not playing well whatsoever. Um, guys were not playing defense for the majority of the game. And it, it was it was tough to watch. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to single people out. But there were some offenders. And I think if you have to look at the center position, it was particularly bad. I thought Aaron Baines in the starting five. I mean, you know, Baines had been playing better. So you have to give him credit there. He had been playing better. There's no, you know, denying that. And I don't want to take that from him because that's all he has this season. But tonight was all of the worst aspects of Aaron Baines. You know, the way I described him in 10 things was Bismack Biombo without the athleticism. Like, yo, the... There was a stretch there where he missed an open layup. He got the ball on the post against Gordon Hayward, traveled, had an open pick-and-pop three. Obviously, no one was guarding him. Bricked it, like, literally hit the glass. Didn't hit the rim, hit the glass. To the side of the rim and hit the glass, okay? um, And then defensively, there was, like, a three that was open where, you know, look, guys are picking up in transition. You got to know who your assignment is as a center. you have seen it all the time. Centers naturally just drift back to the paint. And then I'll go from there, right? Which, you know, okay, I get that. But uh, his man was open at the top of the floor. He stopped to take a three. And Baines didn't even give an effort to run out and contest. Like, at least give me the Marcus 40-year-old dad, you know, flying out with the hair all wild and stuff like that. At least give me that. At least give me the pretense that you were trying to make that contest. No, not even, didn't even move. Just, just looked at the guy for a solid second and a half and waited for him to hit the open three. Of course, he made it. Um, and then, you know, matchup with Gordon Hayward, again, mismatches in transition, but up against Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward didn't even make a move, just drove straight by him, like, literally, man, like, I think more defense was played at Capitol Hill when um, uh, when Gordon was there, anyway, in, in any case, like, it, it was just terrible from Baines tonight, and all the progress that he had made tonight, none of it really transpired, so it's really unfortunate, he played 12 minutes, so that was honestly 12 minutes too long, Um, but I mean, he was hardly alone in the starting five because a lot of guys are making mistakes, Norm making a slew of mistakes, you know, you could say, okay, that, that Tony Snell game, whatever, like, you know, you know, that, that's the last possession is a little bit on Norm, not fully, but you know, defensively Norm, uh, was also out of sorts, um, even though he had three steals, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, just out of position, Stanley didn't really pair well with the guys, it didn't really look that great, but honestly, there was lots of guys. I mean, Boucher came in, played 32 minutes. I thought he made a lot of mistakes as well. Very jumpy, just kind of giving up position. Like, there's there's value in being in position alone. Like, you know, of course you can... Um, of course, we know Boucher can block a shot. We know Boucher can affect a, a, a shot. He can obviously contest shots everywhere. But, you know, preventing a shot is better than contesting a shot. Because if you prevent a shot from happening, then there is actually no attempt... On the basket, it's a 0% shot. Whereas if you contest a shot, well, you know, it's still whatever. But you're just biting on fakes. A lot of the bad, you know, habits you see from Boucher. Again, Boucher's also been balling out of his mind. So, again, it's hard to sort of pick on these guys, especially when they're shorthanded. But defensively, I thought Boucher was not good enough. And then, honestly, when they went to the third-string center, Henry Ellenson... I mean, listen, Henry's probably going to get a start tonight. You know, he's a plus 17, which is um, kind of amazing. But, you know... uh. I mean, defensively, he's definitely not there. Um, I mean, there's a drive where Gordon Hayward, he like, Ellenson was in position. Gordon Hayward drives, puts the body into Ellenson, knocks him out of the way, and either completed the and one or just got the foul to, the, to, to go to the free throw line. And it's that kind of stuff where it's just like, yo, if you're fully in position and you're a center and a wing drives towards you and you still give up the foul, that's tough. That just is tough. And it's not like Ellinson's jumpy like Boucher, because obviously I don't think Ellenson Henry probably isn't going to block many shots. But, I mean, even physically holding your ground, I mean, you have to do at least one of the two of them. Ideally both, but yeah, I mean, defensively from the center position, it's disappointing. And the Hornets, you know, look, listen, they have a, a starting five that has multiple playmakers in it, right? Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, those guys are all very, very good playmakers, You know, Cody Zeller is a good little screener, finisher, whatever, but he's mostly there to just set the other guys up. And, you know, the Raptors just weren't prepared to meet them. Like, I didn't think the ball ball pressure, which is kind of a hallmark of the Raptors' defense, is how much they affect the ball. I mean, they had no effect on the ball whatsoever. The the Hornets, you know, like, they ended up turning it over sometimes because, you know, I mean, wow, they had 28 turnovers? Damn. Um, the, The Hornets ended up turning it over, but it was like... When the Hornets wanted to get a shot, it was so easy. Like, there was a point where in the second quarter, I started just counting how many passes it will take for the Hornets to get to an open shot. And it wasn't like, you know, uh, ball was breaking down the defense consistently. I mean, he would just get a pump fake, you know, uh, go against, uh, you know, the defense, the grain of the defense, force someone to step up, use the pass, swing, swing, uh, bucket. And it was like that consistently over and over and over again. Um, until the Raptors were just completely blown out, and it was—I don't know, man. I mean, I, yeah, it, it was just—it was just that, pretty much all over, just time and time again. You know, guys just not getting up on any of the shooters. Like Terry Rozier is a really good shooter, man. You got to get up on him. You just got to get up on him, and just guys just not being there. Guys making mistakes, and a lot of it is just like def- offensively, the Raptors really struggled. I think you know when you struggle on offense, that affects your defense. But, I mean, it shouldn't. Uh, I mean, of course, it's easier to say that it shouldn't. Um, but realistically, it shouldn't, right? Because what we saw last year was... Look, plenty of times the Raptors had offensive struggles last season, okay? But the reason why the Raptors were so good was that even when they struggled, their defense never wavered. Every single game, was good. You know, like, there were times the Raptors lost even though, but still, their defense was good every single night. And you can't say that about this season. The Raptors defensively have not been cohesive. I mean... It, This game against the Hornets, I mean, damn, 44 points in the first quarter. Like, talk about your starters not setting the tone for the game, right? And I'm not really expecting these guys to set the tone because, like, this is, like, the lineup that the Raptors have starting with, you know, Bembry, Stanley Johnson, Aaron Baines, Kyle Ayer, Norman Powell. That'd be, like, a transitional second quarter lineup uh, when everyone is healthy. But, you know, still, you are starters. You still have the responsibility to come out and play, and the guys just didn't. And, you know, you can't expect this bench to make up any points. Because A, the bench is not good. And B, the bench is not really able to score. So, I'm just disappointed. And really, I thought even in the third quarter where, look, the Raptors went into halftime. They were down 15. Okay, fine. Plenty of games you go down at halftime 15. Okay, it's not ideal, but it happens. How do you respond in the third quarter? How do the Raptors respond in the third quarter? 9 nothing run immediately for the Hornets. And it's back to being down 20, it's back to being slapped up and down the floor, and that's just kind of what it was. So, uh, not a great effort, and, you know, I feel bad for a guy like Kyle, for example, who has really, um, I I just think for a guy like Kyle, like, when are you really going to be in a position where you just can't compete, right? It's, forget, like, forget losing, right? Losing happens, Losing, losing just happens. You know, it, it's part of the game. It's part of every sport. Every person loses. The greatest players in the NBA lose. Okay, it's it's not unusual. But what really has to be discouraging is to come into a game knowing that there is no chance you can win. Knowing mean, that no matter what you do, you can't win. Um, because that's how I felt for Kyle today. Because, you know, he is as hard headed, as stubborn. You know, obviously he's always, you know,. A, willing to go against the odds. I mean the thirty point comeback last series, the prime example of this, right? I mean, he didn't even have the kind of talent that the thirty point comeback had, honestly. Like, um you know, it was it was sad to see Kyle try to, you know, set up open threes. This guy was, you know, working to pick a roll. Aaron Baines is open at the top of the floor. Fine Aaron Baines, you know, hits the hits the window. Um you know, Kyle Lowry drives, defense rotates from the baseline, kick out to the corner It's Paul Watson wide open, he's a shooter, it's a brick. Kyle Lowry drives, he hicks it to the corner, it's Henry Ellenson, brick. Kyle Lowry works a pick and roll, Henry Ellenson's wide open at the top of the floor, Kyle Lowry dishes it off, brick. Meanwhile, the Hornets are making every single shot, and that has to be discouraging. And I thought Kyle at least, you know... Uh, for his part, has shown great leadership. Tried to push through, made some plays where he could, scored, you know, pull up threes, stuff like that. All you know, all, all all good. But I mean, you know, by the time the third quarter rolled around, you know, Terrence Davis rolls in. You know, the Raptors have a stagnant possession. Kyle swings with the Terrence. Terrence should have made one more swing pass at the corner. Terrence decides to pick up the ball and drive and do some random stuff with it. Didn't work out, obviously. And Kyle's yelling at him, and it's just like, man. Uh, you know, a younger Kyle, like if this, you know, I remember when when Kyle was first joined the Raptors, he was much more, uh, obviously, much younger and, and much feistier. I mean, this guy would have been ripping over, ripping into every single guy while trying to single-handedly carry the team back. And I just think at this point, he's not able to do that. Um, and he's shown great maturity in this, in this whole stretch. It's a very difficult situation that Kyle's been put in. But I just feel bad for him, man. There's no chance for him to compete at all. Right. And, th- you know, these are kind of the situations where, of course, this is specifically due to the um, cases of COVID on the team. But nevertheless, like you're Kyle Lauer. you're still a great player. You know, you're still a very good player. And this is what you're you're dealing with. Like, you know, I, I do feel for him. I really genuinely do. And, you know, um, Norm, I feel for Norman to an extent as well. But I do see these things as learning opportunities for Norm, and I think today was the chance where he didn't really take because, um, you know, I think the Hornets did a really good job guarding him, scouting him. You know, they they sat on his drive quite well. Of course, he got some threes off, whatever, but they took away his paint altogether, which is very, very difficult these days for Norm Powell. Norm is usually getting to the basket repeatedly, and when he gets there, he finishes. Today, Norm, very uncharacteristic, one for six from the two point range, um, and a lot of that was just the Hornets playing good defense. But a lot of that was also the, the Norm Powell basically just looking at the situation and saying, "Okay, I got to create. I got to be a number one option for this team." Or, or, or Kyle's the number one option in terms of playmaking, you know. Norm, but Norm's the number one option in terms of taking shots, you know, also creating as well. Um, I got to go in there and be a star. And like you know, honestly, if if Norm's not giving you thirty, the Raptors have no chance to compete. And there's no realistic expectation for Norm to give you 30 every night, man. I mean, look at the way Norm played today, where he tried to create things, used this pump fake, stuff like that. A lot of it just didn't really work for him. Like, he was kind of really forcing it. And anytime Norm forces things, it almost never really works out. He's so much better when he's in rhythm, when he's being set up, when he's not even being set up, but at least a play is being run around him cohesively. When he is running the play that's not one. Of, that's not really usually going to go well. But when pl- when the play is set up around him, it's going to go. And, you know, there were some things tonight where I thought Norm defensively had some lapses. I thought Norm, also, again, some easy opportunities to kind of pump victims his way out of it. I don't think he was making the right reads, and I guess you got to give the Hornets a lot of credit for, for throwing him off because Norm has been so decisive in making all of his reads for, like, the better part of two months now. But, yeah, today was a game where, you know, you need a norm, to obviously, to be a star to play way above his level, and he played um, below his level, so that's disappointing. But again, you can't expect norm to be fantastic. Like you, literally, I mean, you, norm having thirty points is 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 amazing. It's it's not necessarily norm. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, and I feel bad that you know, if if he has an off game, this is kind of the result where Raptors get completely blown out. You know, in terms of the other guys, Stanley, you know took a lot of threes. I thought defensively he could have been better. You know, the Hornets was the two games against the Hornets was, uh, part of Stanley's breakout this season. I mean, I think his first game was that Portland game where he kind of, um, uh, got extended time. But I thought, you know, that those two games against the Hornets those back to back where he was contesting the two air balls at the end against the Hornets from Rogier and Graham. Uh, that was a big break home home for Stanley, but defensively today, you know, not effective, um, offensively, of course, he's limited. um, you know, in terms of the bench, I mean, listen, man. At one point, I—I I, I mean, at one point, the Raptors played an all nine hundred five lineup, and that's nothing. We're basically an all G League lineup, and that's nothing against G Leagues. Absolutely not, right? Like you respect all these guys, but I'm just saying, like that was the talent level the Raptors were storing out there, and you know. These are all guys that have produced at high levels in the G League. In terms of Henry Ellenson, he's done really well. This past season in the 905 bubble, I watched a ton of the games. Henry was really good. Um, you know, 21 points, you know, man, taking like over eight threes a game and making like 42% of them. You know, really skilled center. Um, you know, Utah Watanabe was was really, really good G League player uh, l- the last few years with Memphis. Uh, Paul Watson, you know, was a. Ex- you know, was an excellent 905 player last season. This year, obviously, got the 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 uh, you know the, the two-way contract to be part of the Raptors. Um, you know, Jalen Harris, you know, he hasn't really done too much. Although, he did get his first career NBA basket today, so good, good for him. Although, there was uh, nobody chasing down the ball to present it to him, which is a little bit sad. Uh, and then, who else was out there? Was it Matt Thomas, you know, as well, who uh, went down to the G League a few times? And you know, honestly, the way the season is going, might have to go there, eventually, uh, or go back overseas. But like, that—that th- was honestly the Raptors' lineup, <laughs> it was like a-, a G League All-Star lineup. And you know, and that's tough. And meanwhile, you know, you look at the Hornets. I mean, I've never once looked at the Hornets and felt envious of their talent. But I legitimately feel envious of their talent. You know, like I would love to have. I mean, I would love to have Bismack Biyombo, even though I thought he was one of the best players for the Raptors tonight. <laughs> uh, I'd love to have a Miles Bridges coming off the bench. I'd love to have a Cody Martin, you know, uh, you, know um, you know, even a Malik Monk. You know, they got Devontae Graham coming off the bench. Like, you know, that's I mean, and 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 you know, I have to step back and really consider what I'm saying. Like, yo, I'm really looking at the Hornets. Like, you know, I I wish I had what you guys had, which is you know, a, a real real. You know commentary on I guess the state of affairs in terms of how these G League guys did um it was okay, I mean again, difficult circumstances a lot of these guys coming you know playing a lot of garbage time in the fourth quarter I mean they did well they they did beat the the hornets thirty one to sixteen in the fourth quarter to cut the gap to only ten points by the end of the game uh, Jalen Harris got his first career basket, as I mentioned, so good for him, you know Matt Thomas made a super deep three but also missed a whole bunch of open shots. Um Paul Watson, I thought Paul was nice. Smooth game, pretty athletic. And you can see that based on that dunk that he had at the end of the game where, um, I, I mean, I don't even know who these guys are in the Hornets, but just drove into the paint and, uh you know, in traffic, two-handed dunk. It was rare. I mean, one-handed dunk in traffic, that happens, right? I mean, that makes more sense. You're trying to get the angle. You're reaching around. You know, you, you sneak in with one hand. Two-handed dunk? You got to be real athletic to to, to to dunk in traffic with two. Um off a drive and yeah, Paul did that, you know, hit some threes, you know, missed some threes as well. Not as automatic as, of course, you would necessarily like, but there's something there, you know. He's he's um, you know, he's like six, seven, six, 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 seven, you know, has some bounce, you know, his, his length seems to be um, a positive defensively, uh, instinctually is okay. Yeah, I, I saw some, it was. It was more difficult for him to find a rhythm defensively earlier in the season when he was only playing small um, roles, and so, you know, of course he was getting exposed a little bit, but today 27 minutes, I didn't think of him as a defensive liability too much, Um, and he's intriguing, and honestly, like, if we're talking about that, like, ninth spot with everyone healthy, this hypothetical everyone healthy lineup, you know, can Paul do a better job of what essentially is being asked of Terrence Davis or Matt Thomas, which is to come in, hit open shots, create a little bit um, but mostly to finish, okay? Not not really, it's like, maybe create one or two possessions, but mostly to finish possessions efficiently and play some defense. And honestly, you know, I, I don't really see Paul as an inferior option than those two guys at the moment. Um, Henry, you know, he, he had a really bad first shift. I think maybe it was just nerves. Not that this is his first NBA game, and he's played NBA games before he was drafted uh, first round by the, the, uh, the Pistons. Dwayne Casey famously said that Henry Ellenson had shades of Dirk Nowitzki, which, I mean... At least he didn't compare him to Pascal, so that's that's a plus. But, yeah, seriously, come on. You got to respect Dirk, man. He got you that championship ring. Anyway, um, Henry Ellenson has played in the NBA before, so I don't think it was necessarily jitters from that. But I do think that being with an unfamiliar group, being thrown into a difficult game, guys are probably unhappy and stuff like that. Like, it might be a little tough to sort of fit in. You know, he missed his first three uh, threes. That, you know, third attempt, you know, it's kind of a weird little transition turnover by the Hornets, the Raptors passed uh, Henry, he was wide open on the three-point line, and he looked hesitant, kind of like, you know, like, uh, what am I gonna do, kind of jab up nobody, in, the, in, in and and that's where, you know, I felt like he didn't have his confidence there, and he, and he missed a shot as well, because those are absolutely shots, if you're a shooter, you need to have that confidence to shoot, I mean, um, a shooter with no confidence is just a liability, and Henry, um, you know, defensively, he's not really going to be contributing. But I thought he settled down, and I'm really happy that he had a better uh, finish the game. Of course, he's on a 10-day contract, so um, who knows if he's going to stick around or if he's going to be converted. We don't really know. But, um, you know, he at least got the opportunity to get out there and perform a little bit. And, you know, 9 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Not bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was... He's okay. Um, he he's definitely offensively skilled. I don't think this is a, you know this one game specifically showcases all of his skill set, um, but I do think he's a better shooter than what he showed today. He hit a three at the end, which was nice. I was happy for him because he he can shoot. I don't want people thinking that he's like you know Baines or anything like that. Um, who else? I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I don't know, man. That that's that's. I guess that's mostly the roster. So. I want to get to the three stars, but before I get to three stars, I want to remind you once again that we have started the Raptors reaction newsletter over at Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, You can find a link to the newsletter uh, below in the description of the podcast. Um, We got our first one out. Uh, These are going to come out after every game day, the morning after every game day. We got our first one out after the Hawks game. Not a great launch, mostly because of the fact that the Raptors lost in such a devastating fashion uh, to um, Tony Snell, but... I did get a chance to look at the, the the newsletter, and it's really, really slick. I think it's a really good way, if you're a Raptor fan, to sort of catch up on all your news in the morning um, in, in one spot. Because what you're going to get from this thing is you're going to get um, pretty much all the Raptors content that you want in one spot. And what I mean by that is you're going to get a link to 10 things. You're going to get three stars that I'm going to write after every game. Uh, you're going to get um, links to the podcast. Uh, of course, both on, you know, YouTube, uh, also the audio version. Um, you'll get trending news. Um, you're going you're gonna to get game highlights. You're going to get post-game interviews. You're going to get other, you know, Raptors covers that we're doing at Yahoo Sports Canada. You're going to get the meme of the day. And you're also going to get, um, you know, a mailbag uh, where you can write to us at Reaction at yahoo sports.com. And you can send in questions and I will be answering those um in the mailbag after every game. So I think it's a really good chance to... Um, just to get all your Raptors content in one spot. Once again, that's the Raptors Reaction Newsletter from Yahoo Sports Canada. You can find it in the link to the podcast description below. But I really encourage you guys to um, to go subscribe because, I, I you know, I, for me, I'm always trying to create content that will be, like, really useful or consumable by Raptors fans, and I think this will be a good example of that. So um, get the newsletter. So in terms of your three stars... Um, first star Kyle Lowry obviously 19.6 rebounds 8 assists you know 7 of 60 from the field 3 of 7 from 3 31 minutes thankfully Nick didn't play him in the fourth quarter because you know sometimes you, you try to chase things no listen the Raptors playing back to back tomorrow in Chicago they're probably going to lose that as well don't overextend Kyle I mean as a matter of fact as I think Josh Lundberg suggested on Twitter just put Kyle and Norm on the plane to Chicago early and the rest of the guys can kind of catch up with them um, of course, they didn't do that. But still, uh, yeah, Kyle was – he did all he could, man. But what are you really going to do with this squad? I mean, honestly. At one point, it was like Kyle with G-leaguers. And, you know, that can only go so far. And and literally, no offense to some of these G-leaguers. Now, uh, second star is Paul Watson. 12 points, 2 assists, 2 steals, a rebound, plus 7 in 27 minutes. 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. Um, you know, some honestly, some some good moments, some real good moments – Uh, you know, mostly in the fourth quarter when it was garbage time, but still, you know, he had a drive where he kind of put it behind his back, drove all the way to the rim, you know, finished at the basket. Uh, and then another time, of course, where he drove in with the two handed dunk. He's intriguing, I think he's worth, you know, getting minutes for. Nick Nurse talked about it before the game. He said, you know, he's wanted to get him in late, and he just hasn't necessarily found the right spot. Today, he got him 27 minutes. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he got an extended run again against the Bulls. And really, for Paul, I just think that. If he could be a little bit more aggressive, kind of like Yuta, although Paul is more willing to shoot than Utah is. Yuta is allergic to shooting, apparently. But um, Paul, if he can just be a little bit more aggressive in terms of he is athletic, he can get to a spot, um, you know, of course he can shoot as well. But, you know, I, I think that element of getting to the basket would really separate him from some of these other guys. Like, you know, Raptors have shooters, you know, like Matt, you know, even TD's a shooter. But yeah, guys who can actually get to the basket on this team is a premium. And I think Paul has some physical tools that allow him to do so. And he's got size and he's got athleticism. So he's going to get the second star. And your third star, um, I'll give it to Bembry. 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 of 9 from the field. Didn't really talk about Bembry in the, in the actual uh, main portion of the podcast. But I thought Bembry was solid. Uh, he's always solid. You know, he's had to create more of his own offense. I like that he's been able to drive. Um, to the basket and finish. You know, some of these finishes are not necessarily the prettiest, but some of them are really, really nice. Like, you know, reverse layups where he's kind of scooping it in through traffic. Again, this is not his role. So when he's performing above his role, I think he deserves a lot of credit. On top of the fact that defensively, he was actually making plays out there. I mean, two steals, two blocks, uh, you know, rebounds the ball. Just, to you know, I'm, I'm very happy with DeAndre on the team. He's just a very solid guy who I ideally would like to have coming off the bench rather than, being with the starting group, but you know he he served his role and he did his he did his thing. So I'm happy for him. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, um, not fully sure where to go with this. I guess I'll go with Lamelo Ball. Not necessarily as a point of disrespect. I mean, there's nothing disrespectful about the Gerald, being compared to Gerald Henderson in a Raptors context. That might be the highest level of compliment I can give, but. Um, Man, the, the shooting on the, the jumper is is really, really looking good. Obviously, we saw him in preseason. He was missing jumpers. And, you know, maybe we got a little too excited about Malachi Flynn versus LaMelo uh, Ball. I mean, damn, it's not even close. Um, but, um, yeah, the shooting looks really solid. Of course, that was one of the knocks against him. Uh, but, yeah, 6 of 9, uh, nice, from La- LaMelo tonight, from 3, 7 of 11 from the field overall. So clever in the way he plays. I love a star player, and he is getting his way to becoming a star player, but I love star players that play within a team concept because if, there's lots of star players who can are, are star scorers and they separate themselves from the group, but LaMelo is purely a star player within the actual team, and that reminds me a, a little bit of Kyle. Of course, they play very differently. Um, LaMelo's a lot smoother than Kyle. Kyle's a lot more brute force and stuff like that. But um, a lot of the same clever instincts, you know, the, the little ball tricks, stuff like that. Uh, they picked their spots really well. They're true point guards. Uh, both play defense. I and mean, there's one play where I thought, you know, it was real impressive. I forgot who it was. It was two-on-one, though. But LaMelo Ball was the low man, and his, his he was guarding Chris Boucher with another guy coming towards him. And it seemed to be an easy basket, but the rookie was able to break, anticipate the move and break up the pass And actually get it out of bounds, which is, you know, a very small play within the context of a a blowout win. But, like, that shows great instincts, man. That shows really great instincts. And that's something that he has. Like, one thing you can't get in in sports is just instincts. Like, you know, there's a lot of players who are very talented. A lot of players who are very physically capable. um, A lot of players who work really hard. But instincts are rare, they're hard to come by, and I think that's where, when we see a player that has next-level instincts like Lamelo, we get really excited about them, because they show you what's possible um, that you didn't necessarily know about, and so, yeah, I mean, he's he's worth the hype, he's, he's, he's living up to the hype, the three-point shooting looks really good, I mean, he had one play where he sort of faked the jumper, took a dribble, did a 360, and then took a little uh, um, one-legged leaning back, three, I mean, Damn, <laughs> he you made honestly. He made the blow up kind of worth it. He played a lot of the fourth quarter and I was happy for it because I had to watch the whole game. So I'm, you might as well see some real, real talent. So yeah, Mello. I mean, twenty twenty three points, nine rebounds, six assists, seven eleven shooting, six and nine from three. Never dominates the ball either, which again for a rookie point guard is rare to be effective while also not dominating the ball. That means he's just purely making reads and making instincts and in, instinctual plays, and that's great. And the only thing I'm wondering with LaMelo Ball nowadays is just like, yo, how bad is NBA defense? Because, yo, Mello was shooting like th- in in the 30s against uh, the Australian League. And I understand that, you know, he was younger and then. But, like, it's unbelievable. Like, how bad is NBA defense? Because, you know, uh, I-, I would like to see some more resistance. But in any case, he plays really well. And I'm, I'm a big fan. So, uh, that does it for your podcast. Once again, subscribe to the newsletter uh, in the link below. And, uh, again, as I said out top, it. if you listen to this post-game reaction and if you listen through it all the way, you are really a real one. And uh, I expect to see you here tomorrow when the Raptors play the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, uh, no surprise here, but Nick Nurse pretty much already ruled out the five guys who are sick for uh, that game as well. So, um, I'm just saying, brace yourself. That's all I'm saying. If, if you spent your Saturday night and then your Sunday night watching the Raptors without most of their guys then um, I can only conclude that uh, you really, really love this game, Patrice Everest style. So thanks everyone for listening.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices